Man, it's a good day. It's a beautiful day, right? Great day. Great day, man. Uh, we are uh, excited. Today is uh, 18 years uh, for Journey Church, and um, that's kind of cool looking back at that, uh, realizing that uh, all that God has done, you know, our prayer was that we would see thousands of people come to know Christ, and we have. Through those 18 years, we've seen uh, thousands of people, you know, come to church, you know, salvations. Uh, we've seen a lot of baptisms through the years. It's been incredible what God has done, and uh, now even we have a little bit further reach uh, with our online uh, group that we have. We have people in Washington State and Ohio and South Africa and all, really all over the globe that dial in and watch here. And so that's kind of cool to have that. But uh, we are excited about that. So, you know, it's always cool to mark a moment and to take the time to just think about what God has done. So it's neat to look back and, and think about what God has done in the last 18 years. But, man, I'm just telling you I'm as excited as I've ever been about what God has in store for the next 18 years. Does that make sense? And so we're looking forward to that. And so... Also, tomorrow, that's tomorrow, so tomorrow is the, really the anniversary of uh, Journey Church where we're celebrating it today, but tomorrow is also mine and my wife's anniversary, so we celebrate 30 years tomorrow, and uh, so we, we are excited about that, so uh, happy anniversary tomorrow. So uh, anyway, so we're going to get started. We're in this series called Empowered, and hopefully you guys have been learning something, and hopefully, prayerfully, you have discovered what your spiritual gifts are, or either you're on the road there. I just went over and talked to our group that's in our serve class. It's packed out. That's awesome. So the room is full. And, uh, you know, if you guys had signed up, they had great cookies over there, really good cookies over there. So uh, that was part of the sweet deal. So anyway, if you got over there or if you didn't make it to that one, we will offer the serve class again coming up. So be, uh, be paying attention to that. And uh, you don't have to wait until serve class to use your gifts. Can I say that? In other words, if you know what your spiritual gifts are, you can go to some of our dream team leaders and say, listen, man, I want to I wanna serve in this area. You can get with Shannon. You can contact the church office. We will help you discover your place of service. So don't wait until a class. So I'll just wait until that happens. You, you keep putting it off, man, you will never do it. So you got to go ahead and be willing to take that step. And so we've been unpacking what it means to, uh, to what it, understanding spiritual gifts, how do these work. And, and so a spiritual gift is an ability given by the Holy Spirit. It's not anything that we earn. It's just something that the Holy Spirit gives us. It's a gift. And so if you earn it, it's no longer a gift. So a spiritual gift is an ability given by the Holy Spirit to express our faith effectively for the building up of the body of Christ. It's about the church. It's about building up the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. It's not about us. And, and it's of another's faith. So it's also to strengthen other believers, other people. So when we use our gifts, it strengthens people in their faith. They grow stronger in their faith as a result of that. And that's what Paul was saying when he wrote to the churches. And so every believer has a spiritual gift. All right, so I'm not going to unpack a lot of these today because I've unpacked them over the last two or three weeks. And so you guys, if, uh, if this is your first time and you're going, hey, well, I want to know what, that, what that's about, go back and kind of watch the, uh, the other ones. You can go to our website or you can go to YouTube and you can pull up Journey Church and, and it'll give it there. But every believer has a spiritual gift. So that means that if you are a follower of Christ, if you're a believer, if you have been born again, if you have been redeemed, if you have been saved, you know, and you have put your faith in Christ, here's the thing, you have been given a spiritual gift. Every believer has a spiritual gift. And so, but you don't, if you've never done that, if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, you've never, you know, come to that point of, of salvation, you've never received salvation by faith in what Jesus did on the cross and through the power of the resurrection, here's the thing, you don't have a spiritual gift. You don't have one. You may have talents, you may have skills, you may have training you may have a lot of things that you can do, but I'm just telling you, you don't have a spiritual gift because the Holy Spirit gives that. And, and I'll just say this, you know, the things, of, the things of God are foolishness to the common man, but to he who has the Spirit, he begins to understand. And so, so even reading God's Word, understanding God's Word, we need the Holy Spirit working in us to help us understand that. 
And so every believer has a spiritual gift. So if you're here in this room or if you're watching online and you are a follower of Christ, you have surrendered your life, you know that you're saved, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you have a spiritual gift. And God has some expectations on, that, on you and what you do with that gift. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. So every believer has a spiritual gift. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. There's all kinds of spiritual gifts. I'm not even sure if we really know how many there really are. I know there's quite a few that are listed out in Scripture in the, in the, in the uh, Bible. But there's also some things that, you know, it indicates that, you know what, God may have other things that maybe aren't there. But the thing is, is we can kind of focus on these main ones. And that's what we try to focus on is what does Scripture say that is there. But there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. And all of them are to help build up the body of Christ. Every one of them. So we oftentimes we will put certain ones up here like that's really important. That one's not. We kind of unpacked that last week. Everything is essential. Every gift is important. And, uh, and however God has gifted you, it is so that you can help build up the church. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a teacher to help build up the church. Every single one of us that has a gift, that we're designed for that. We're created for that. And so every, all kinds of spiritual gifts. We don't get to choose our spiritual gifts. We don't get to go, hey, man, I want to I have the gift of this or that or whatever it might be. We don't get to choose. What we do is we just we kind of get the gift that we get. You know, and it's, it's kind of like at Christmas. When you get it, you don't get to go, hey, I want what she had. It doesn't work that way. You know, you get, to, you, get, you get what you get because the Holy Spirit determines that. And your spiritual gift is not for you, but it's to help others. So the spiritual gift that I've been given, the spiritual gift that you've been given, it's not me. It's not even about me. It's about saying, God, here I am. Use me to help build up others to strengthen others to help build the body of christ to help make a difference for the kingdom of god that's what it's about so your spiritual gift is not for you but this gift is given to you to be given away it's given to you so that you can make a difference in the lives of people and so that's where we are the spiritual gift your spiritual gift is essential to the body of christ and this is important for us to understand because like i said last week we looked in you know the scriptures and it was talking about how we often say we you know the the eye says to the ear hey i don't need you or hand says to the foot i don't need you we everything is needed so all the body is put together the way that god designed it and so even the spiritual gift that you have god has given you that because you're you're unique to this body of christ i can tell you that and so god wants you to use your gifts to help build up and strengthen this church the body of christ he wants to see you use it to make a difference so your spiritual gift is essential it's essential. You are essential to what God wants to do here through Journey Church. So really, the next 18 years, you have a part in that. I just talked to a family that's been here since 06, I think, or 07. They've been here as part of Journey Church. And I said, I said, man, you guys have been here a long time. I said, thank you. And they give, and they're, I mean, they're, they're incredible servants. They've done so many things. They're just difference makers. And so I was telling them, hey, man, thank you for being here and being a part of Journey for so long. And so I would just say to some of you guys, God may be bringing you here or has you here because he wants to do incredible things through you for the next 18 years. And you got to be willing to say, God, whatever you want to do, God, here I am, use me. And so you're essential to the body of Christ. Uh, sometimes, like I said, we say, well, I only have the gift of this. Don't ever do that because that's how God has created you and that's how he has gifted you, right? I want you to watch this video. This lady here, man, she, she does an incredible job of, of praying. And let me just say this. Many of you guys may not realize this, but you've been prayed for already. You, you've been prayed for before you got here. You, you may think I'm just kind of blowing smoke, but our prayer team was up here yesterday at 9 o'clock, and we were praying, and they were literally walking up and down every aisle in here, literally walking and praying over every seat. And then there was a young man that was here this morning, got here early, and he was straightening all the chairs, and I asked him, I said, hey, listen, every chair that you straighten, if you will, pray over it. 
He said, yes, sir. And so he literally prayed. So you have been prayed for in this room before you ever got here. Our production team has been prayed over. Everybody, worship team, everybody, this stage, we have literally prayed God would draw people here, that there would be lost people that would show up today that would find salvation. So I hope you all know that, man, you're prayed for. And, And it's essential that people use their gifts. I want you to listen to this lady share about how she uses her gifts. Check this out. My name is Cindy. I have a spiritual gift of praying and discernment. I was diagnosed with cancer in 2013 and was told I had three months to live. The Lord doesn't put sickness or disease on you. The devil does. And you have to, you know, stand your ground and repeat scriptures. I'm healed. My body is whole. And... By your stripes, I'm healed. And I'm believing one day that when I do that MRI, they're all going to be gone. And he knows, the doctor knows that I believe that way. And, and he'll tell me, he'll walk in and he'll say, glory to God. I talk like he's right here with me and we're best friends. Everyone should know scriptures. And when you have a problem or an issue, to repeat them. Repeat them out loud with my gift. If I know that somebody has a um, issue, a health issue, I will send them Bible verses and I will send them a devotional book that I have. You're asking him to do what his word says. He's already done it, really, and we just got to accept it. His word is true, and if everybody would just trust him and believe him, God's good. He really is. He's just you know, he's, he's always with us. He's right here with us. Amen. Cindy is the one that you've heard me talk about that was diagnosed with cancer, you know, in 2013, had three months to live, and she was sitting in the first service right over there. And, uh, man, she, 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 she prays. She was one of the ones who was up here walking up and down these aisles praying over you guys and praying for you. She believes in the power of prayer. You know what she was using? She was using her gifts. Uh, her, her other gift is discernment, she, you know, knowing what is right and what is wrong and being able to discern between the two, knowing if it's of God, knowing it's, if it's of the devil. And so here's a person who is a walking miracle who literally God has healed her and she continues to, you know, man, give God glory. And she says, hey, listen, man, I'm going to do what I can to strengthen the body of Christ by praying and interceding for others. She's using her gifts, right? And so I want us to look at some uh, stuff today, some and how we can discover our gifts. And many of you guys might be thinking, man, you know, I, I want to use my gifts, but I don't know what they are. And, and so we've been kind of understanding them. You've been, you may not have realized this, but you've been part of a journey where you're discovering what God's Word says about the spiritual gifts. And let me tell you, everything has to come back to His Word. That's what she was saying. Cindy was saying, man, I pray God's Word. I know God's Word. People need to understand God's Word. And so when we come back, it, it has to be based on what God's Word says. It's not about feelings and emotions and all that stuff. Those things are part of it, but they're not the foundation. And, and so what we've got to be willing to do is say, hey, you know, God, what does your Word say? And, and so when we, when we study Scripture and we look at the Scriptures, God is teaching us and revealing things to us about the spiritual gifts, and He's revealing what your spiritual gift is most likely. So one of the first things we can do is we can pray and ask God to reveal our spiritual gift. I mean, Jesus spent time in prayer, right? And most of the great leaders that we see in Scripture, man, they were great people of prayer. And so pray and ask God, God, will you show me, will you reveal to me what my spiritual gifts are? Ask, you know, ask God for that. I, I feel like it's important that we spend time, you know, 
asking God, saying, God, will you show me if there's any sin in my life? Will you eliminate that? And oftentimes what the Holy Spirit will do is it reveal an area where we're not trusting Him. And we've got to be willing to say, God, I want to confess that as sin. I want to let that go. Not using our gifts. I said this a few weeks ago. I believe if you're not using your gift, you're living in sin. If you're a believer and you're not using your gifts to help build up the body of Christ, you're going against what Jesus has already taught us and what the Word of God tells us to do. So therefore, I believe you're living in sin. Plain and simple. Well, then confess that. Deal with it. You know, repent of that. And, but it says pray and ask God to reveal your spiritual gift. And then ask others what they see in you. Ask others, hey, what do you feel like my spiritual gifts are? And some people are like, dude, that is obvious what your spiritual gifts are. And they'll tell you. And so we need to make sure that we've got godly friends around us that, that understand the Word of God, that understand spiritual gifts. So when we ask them, they're giving something that is led by the Spirit. Maybe the Spirit is using them to reveal to you what your gifts are. And, and so ask others what they see in you, what they believe. You know, maybe you're an exhorter, maybe you're an encourager, and, and they go, man, your gift is to encourage, there's no doubt. You, you have the gift of encouragement, and, you know, and, or maybe you have the gift of mercy, and, you know, and it's so evident. You may not, and oftentimes what we do is we play down what we have rather than embrace it and going, God, thank you for this gift. God, thank you for how you made me, but God, I, I'm thankful that this is how you shaped me for ministry. And so ask others what they see in you. And then here's another, study God's Word to understand spiritual gifts. Spend time in the Scriptures. And I would say, even say this, you know, go back and, and look at some of the verses we've unpacked, and maybe some other Scriptures in there, you know, and, and understand what God's Word says about spiritual gifts. He even, gives, he, he even gives directions. Hey, there needs to be order, you know, and there needs to be, uh, you know, guidelines to how these gifts are used, especially the gift of tongues and things like that. you got to know, hey, what does God's Word say? It's not something, you know, and I said this in the first couple of messages, you know, it gets abused in either direction. And so what we have to stay grounded on is what does God's Word say. And God's Word gives us great order and great direction and great guidance, and it's all about building up the body of Christ. And so we've got to make sure that we're spending time in God's Word, understanding what spiritual gifts are. And then here's another one. Take a spiritual gifts test. You know, and this test is it's just a tool. It's just something else to kind of hopefully narrow it down, kind of bring it into focus. And so if you guys will, there's some QR cards laying there on the seats beside you or whatever. You can pick one of those up. And actually, it'll be here on the screen. Uh, if you want to do QR, uh, you can scan that and you can get that. Now, here's the thing. I don't want you doing the test right now. <laughs> later. I want you to do it later. But it says discovery of spiritual gifts. And if you don't do QR, you're going like, Mike, I don't have a phone. I don't do that stuff. Then write down gifts.churchgrowth.org, gifts.churchgrowth.org. And then I want you to go there later and do that. And I would even say, I forgot to tell the first service this, so I'm going to tell y'all, and y'all can tell the first service when you see them, right, at the pool fellowship, because that's when we'll all be together. But if you would, when you find out what you're, when you do the test and you get your results back, if you don't mind, email those to Shannon. Shannon at MyJourneyChurch.com. Email those to Shannon. She's going to freak out. I didn't tell her I was doing that or anything. So, uh, so she's, her, her box will hopefully get blown up by a bunch of people saying, hey, these were my gifts. And so uh, if y'all would, send it there. Send it to Shannon at MyJourneyChurch.com, and we want to know. And so if y'all would tell anybody that was at the first service that I didn't tell them that, to send it to Shannon at MyJourneyChurch.com. And she is going to hate me. But anyway, so, all right, so let's unpack this. This is a passage. This is Jesus' teaching. And this is Jesus talking about the three servants. And so if, if you were reading in your Bible and you had a red letter edition Bible, this would be in red. This is Jesus teaching. These are his words, right? And so I want us to kind of understand today how important it is that we use our gifts and how important it is that we manage and steward what we have been entrusted with for God's glory. And so, so Jesus tells this story. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going 
on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. So in other words, he's leaving his most valued possession, most likely, you know. He's, he's leaving something that's really important to him, and he's wanting them to manage it or steward it really well. So he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. So here's the thing. It says he divided it in proportion to their abilities. And so, so I would just say that, you know, here's Jesus saying, hey, listen, he has seen the track record. So this manager, this, this guy has seen the track record, and he knows who can get it done. He knows who is a difference maker. He knows who is going to be faithful. You know, so he, he's got these three guys. He knows what their capabilities are, right? And I'll just say this, God knows everything about you. And he knows if you're lazy. He knows if you're one that gets it done. He knows if you're a procrastinator. That may hurt some of you. He knows, he knows everything about you. And so whenever we look at this passage here, he's saying, hey, listen, he divided it among, among them, you know, based on their abilities. And it's not spiritual gifts, but I'm just saying um, on their abilities. In other words, were they able to get things done? And I, I would just say this, that I think a lot of times, you know, we don't bring our best to the table. And it sounds like this first guy, man, he brought his best regularly. And so the manager knew, hey, this one gets it done. So I'm giving him five. This one does pretty good. I'm going to give him two. And this one, I'm going to give him one. I'm going to see what he does with it. And so if God were giving you something, which one would you be? Would you be one who gets things done? You know, you're, you meet deadlines, you get things done, man, and, you're, and you're, you're giving it your best. You know, like if you're coaching a softball team or a soccer team or a baseball team or a football team, but usually it doesn't take the coach but about one practice to figure out who's going to give it all, right? Who, who has got heart? Who has got passion? Who is gonna, you know, has got commitment? Who has got discipline? Who is going to give it everything they got? And you can usually pick them out, and usually those are the ones you go, you know what, I know where I need him. And so what I'm saying is I think that God looks at us and he says, you know what, looking at your past record, I can see that you're lazy. I can see that you're a procrastinator. I can see you're whatever. So maybe that is something we ought to deal with because that's on us. God's given you everything you need, but what we do is we make excuses, and I'll unpack that in a second, not reasons. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. That's pretty good, right? That's a pretty good return. I mean, hey, here's five, he made five more. Here's two, he made two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. It doesn't sound like he did much at all, does it? After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. And let me just say this. Jesus is saying this. And I don't know if you caught that in the beginning, but Jesus said, hey, this, the, the kingdom of God is kind of like this. And so Jesus is illustrating this for everybody to understand it because he wants us to understand what it's like to be a part of the kingdom of God and that we will give an account. So this is Jesus teaching. And Jesus said, hey, listen, you know, some of you have been entrusted with much, some, some, some little. But hey, what will you do with it has a big impact on the kingdom. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. Look at this. The master was full of praise. He was like, man, this is awesome. You did great. Man, I'm so proud of you. The master was full of praise. Sounds like, well done, my good and faithful servant, doesn't it? 
well done man you did great that's awesome well done my good and faithful servant you've been faithful in handling this small amount so now now i'll give you many more responsibilities let's celebrate together almost sounds like what it would be like when we get to heaven hey well done my good and faithful servant man you have done incredible come on in enjoy your rest enjoy the glory you know what i'm saying i mean that's what it'll be like and so the master was full of praise and he's celebrating and he said hey man it's a party man that's awesome you did so good i'm so proud of you the servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said master you gave me two bags of silver to invest and i have earned two more the master said well done my good and faithful servant don't we want to hear that you've been faithful in handling this small amount so now i will give you many more responsibilities let's celebrate together and see it didn't matter if he had five didn't matter if he had two man he's full of praise he's celebrating he's like man well done my good and faithful servant then the servant with one bag of silver came and said master i knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate i was afraid i would lose your money so i hid it in the earth look here's your money back so in other words he didn't do anything call him lazy you can call him whatever you want to do but here's the thing is oftentimes what we do is we uh and i don't know if y'all know the difference between reasons and excuses and so oftentimes what we'll do is we will make excuses that's what these are he's making excuses for why he didn't do what he was supposed to do and there may be the times that you know you give your kids an assignment and you tell them hey listen you need to take the trash out or whatever and then they come back and they give excuses now you may say hey listen where's the garbage can why didn't you take it out say daddy hey somebody stole the garbage can that's a different ball game that's a reason right you know so but the thing is is often what we do is we make excuses and maybe maybe that's what you're good at you make excuses that's what this guy's doing and i don't know about you but this reminds me of adam in the garden of eden god comes to adam and, and he goes that woman that you gave me and so here, this, this servant is pointing back at the master and saying, hey, listen, I knew you were a hard man. I knew that you would try to you know, reap what you didn't sow. I knew that you, and it was all about the, the master. So oftentimes, do we do that? Do we look back at God and say, God, if you'd have given me this gift, I'd be using it. God, if you'd have given me this, I would have been doing something. But God, you know, look at what I've been through or look at my hardships or whatever. And so oftentimes what we do is we make excuses and we point and we blame God for, God, for us not using what God has given us. And, and so here, man, Jesus is making it pretty clear. This guy does not receive that blessing that the other guys got. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So the master calls him what he is. You lazy, wicked, lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gather crops, I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. He's, he's like, hey, if you're not going to do anything, just put it in the bank. Let the bank do it. And at least I get a little something. Not a whole lot, but at least it's something. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. So he's seen this one guy, hey, man, this guy is faithful. You know what? I'm going to give him more. I'm going to give him more opportunities because he has managed things well. To those who use well what they're given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And so what Jesus is saying, hey, listen, man, we've got to be good stewards, good managers of what we've been entrusted with. And, and we've, got to, we've got to manage all of that well. And I know you're probably going, well, he's talking about money. No, no, I'm talking about everything. Our time. 
We should manage our time well. We should manage, you know, our, our money well. We should manage relationships well. We should manage our family well. We should manage facilities well. You know, we should, whatever we've been entrusted with, you know, we're, we're to be a manager or a steward. We, we need to take care of it, right? We need to, we need to honor God in how we handle that. So it says, now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And some, whenever they read that, go, does that mean that, you know, Jesus is done with me? He's just going to kick me outside? Is he going to, is he going to cast me to the curb? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, when we look back at this, we go, this is a great picture of what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's what Jesus said. That, you know what, man, we want to be faithful. But it may be that this guy never trusted the father anyway. He didn't trust the master. The master trusted him with something, but he didn't trust the master. He didn't put his faith in the master. He didn't, he didn't trust. He, he had all these excuses as to why he didn't trust the master, right? Man, you're a hard man. You're this, you're that. And oftentimes what we do is we look back and we go, he never trusted. He never put faith in, in the master. And maybe that's you. You go, you know what? I, I, don't, I don't really trust God completely. You know, I, I believe there may be a God, whatever, you know, but I don't really trust him. I don't put my faith in what Jesus has done. And so if we don't put our faith in what Jesus has done, we do end up in the darkness. It's a place called hell, right? Separated from God. And so we've been entrusted with a gift. So if, in that passage, it often will, uh, in some translations, it says talents. And I think, you know, talents is a, is a cool thing, but it was a measure of money is what that was. But here we've been entrusted with a gift. And so every believer that's sitting in this room, you've been entrusted with a, a spiritual gift. What are you doing with that? How are you using that for God's glory and for his kingdom? So we've been entrusted with a gift, so we're to manage that, right? Just like we manage our finances, uh, you know, are you a good manager, a good steward of your finances? You know, we as a church, we're always saying, God, help us to be good managers, good stewards of our, of our finances, God. But also of our people, of the facilities. God, we just want you to be honored. We, we believe that God is honored in excellence, so we try to do things the best that we can do because we will give an account one day. All of us will of what we've done with what we've been given. We'll give an account what we've been entrusted with. And so maybe right now you're thinking about, you know what, I haven't managed well what I've been entrusted with up to this point. But it doesn't mean that you have to live there. You know, here, here's, here's what I love. God is all about life change. One of the things I love about Scripture is that God points to life change, what He can do in us. If we will come to God broken over our sin, if we'll come to God in true repentance... You know what? We can look back at our past and we can learn from, from it, but we don't have to live there. You know, my past does not determine my future. My past does not determine my future. Your past does not determine your future. But I will say this. It is a good indicator of where you're headed unless you're willing to make change. And you're willing to surrender some things and lay some things down and say, God, this is, this is what I've been able to do. And God, I have not done well with what you've given me. But God, I want you to empower me. That's what we're talking about in the series is empower. God, I want you to empower me. And I want to handle things from this point forward way better. God, I, I want to be different from this point in my life to the end. And God, so however much longer I've got, I want to make a difference. God, I need you to empower me. And so here's the thing. If you're a believer, it's available to us. We have been empowered by the work of the Holy Spirit. We have been empowered by the power of God. And, and so too often what we do is, is we don't see it that way. I, I love this passage here. This is Jesus at the ascension. This is in Acts 1. Uh, and, and so, you know, the disciples, you know, were there and Jesus is about to ascend. And it's kind of a, you know, kind of a cool scene there. And, and, but this is what Jesus says. He says, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for, for you to free Israel and restore 
our kingdom. So again, understand this. These guys still had this, this earthly kingdom mentality, even at the ascension. So the cross has already taken place. Jesus has already died on the cross. He has bled out his precious blood and literally washed away the sins of the world, right? He literally has bled out as the ultimate sacrifice to pay for your sins and my sins. He's been laid in a borrowed tomb, been resurrected by the power of God. The Spirit of God has resurrected him, and he has walked among these men and among people. They, hey, Thomas, stick your hand in my hand and feel the nail scar. Stick your hand in my side. And so they have experienced this. They've been around it. You know, they're gathered up in this room and scared to death. And Jesus walks in and says, hey, peace be with you. And they go, man, it's really real. He's resurrected. But they're still asking, is it about this kingdom rather than a spiritual kingdom? They're all about an earthly kingdom. And so they ask this, this question. He replied, the Father has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. So the question, they thought, hey, Jesus, are you coming back? Is this when it's going to happen? And so there are times that we often see people going, hey, you know, this, this, uh, this prophet or whoever has figured out when Jesus is coming back. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. Jesus made it clear right here. We don't know that, right? Only the Father knows the times for things. And, and so oftentimes we'll, hey, well, I've studied enough Scripture and I've figured it out. I can tell you this, if you've studied this Scripture, you know that you don't know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know that you don't know. And so it, don't get an alert. And, hey, listen, this guy's saying the end of time's coming or Jesus is coming on this date. Nobody knows that except the Father, right? And he, this is Jesus saying this. And so whenever you hear some occult or some kind of wild teaching out there, you can know, you know what? That's a false teaching. That is not Scripture. But you will receive power. This is Jesus speaking. Look, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So what Jesus is saying right there, hey, hey guys, don't worry about this, this, this earthly kingdom that you're thinking about. I want you to realize that, you know what, this is about the kingdom of God. And listen, you're going to be empowered. And he goes, I'm going to empower you. I'm going to fill you with the Spirit. You're going to go and you're going to do things that you've never done before. And so this is what I love. These, these same guys who were huddled up in a room out of fear that Rome would persecute them or that the religious leaders would nail them to a cross just like they had done Jesus who was their leader. They're, they're sitting there going, you know, man, out of fear, they're all huddled up and they're afraid. But yet Jesus says, hey, man, you're going you're gonna to receive power. And so at Pentecost, we see where, man, you know, power falls on Peter and Peter stands up in front of everybody. And he says, this Jesus whom you crucified, has been resurrected, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, he, he preaches the gospel, and it says that 3,000 people, you know, put their faith in Christ that day. And so think about a church growing by 3,000 in one day. Boom, the kingdom of God has expanded. But Jesus had empowered them. He said, you receive power, and this power, man, will be like nothing you've ever experienced before. And it was. And it changed this, this, this group of guys that were living in fear. All of a sudden, they became bold. Man, and they, were, they had an authority they had not had before. And they're going out and they're representing Jesus. So here's the question. And I would ask this. Do I tend to operate in my own strength that is weak and frail? Or do I seek to be empowered by the one true omnipotent God with unlimited power? So... Be honest with yourself here. You know, do I try to function in my own strength? I get up, I get my coffee, I kind of get things going. You know, I kind of, sometimes it's a, a rough start, you know, and I have to kind of grab the boots, you know, by the bootstraps and get going. And maybe it's a bad day. Like Lori had a bad day this morning. She went to back out of the house and back into the garage door, right? Kind of rough start. Hey, but she's here. 
And, uh, you know, and so, uh, so we got to go home and fix that, I guess. But anyway, uh, you know, but that's the thing is, do I try to function in my own strength? Do I just say, hey, listen, this is just the way it's going to be? You know, I, it's just me. I just got to cowboy up. I got to muscle up. I got to, it's, or do I lean into the omnipotent one? Do I lean into the God of all power? So I'm weak and frail, or do I seek to be empowered by the one true God? He says, man, I'll fill you with power. I'll, I'll empower you to do things you've never even dreamed before. See, we often will go, you know, man, I could never do that. And you're right, you probably couldn't. But God says, hey, I can do all things. And so if God can do all things in me and through me, then I've got to say, you know what, God, I can't do it, but God, you can, and here I am. Just use me. And some of you have already wrote yourself off. You said, I could never do this. And I'm telling you, everything that I told God I could never do, I've already done. You know what I'm saying? I was like, God, I'm never going to get up in front of people, and I've done that. I've never, I'm never going to lead worship, and I've done that. And so I'm just telling you, you've got to be willing to say, God, here I am. I am your servant. I just want you to use me. I just want you to work in me and through me. And so we were made in God's image. I love that. We were up here yesterday for prayer. And Nathan Bridgman said, uh, he goes, I want you to take your phone out. I want you to turn on your camera. He said, I want you to flip it around where you can see yourself. And he said, I just want you to realize you were created in God's image. He said, whenever I look back at Scripture, he said, I realize, you know, he said that we are one of God's greatest creations. Because we're the only thing that was made in his image. Mountains weren't. Animals weren't. But we were created in the image of God. And so we are the, the epitome of his creation. Isn't that beautiful? And so we're made in God's image, so we know we matter, we know we're special. We've been made children of God through Jesus Christ. In other words, no, we're no longer a creation of God. We are a child of God because we have been adopted into God's family by faith in what Jesus did on the cross and through the power of the resurrection. We, have, we bring nothing to the table, but by faith we go, Jesus, I believe you're who you say you are, and Jesus, I believe you're the way. And so, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender. I give you everything. And so we become children of God through Jesus Christ, and we have been gifted and empowered by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said, hey, listen, you're going to be empowered. It's going to be, he said, there's going to be power in you that this world does not even understand. I love what he says here in Ephesians. This is Paul writing, writing to the church at Ephesus. You know, and I love what he says. He says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. He goes, man, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. I just fall to my knees and worship. I just fall to my knees and pray. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will what? Empower you. He's writing to the church that he will empower you with inner strength through what? His spirit, his Holy Spirit. That God would strengthen you. That God would empower you. And that you would not function in your own strength and your own weakness and your frailty, but you would operate being led by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, and, man, doing everything for the glory of God. And so that's what Paul is praying for the church there. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. It's only by trusting in Jesus, right? That's when we get saved. You know, maybe you've never put your faith in Christ. You know, maybe you're just really religious. There's a lot of religious people that do not have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. They go through rituals. They've been raised this way. It's, hey, it's the way I was always taught. I, I, I shared this earlier. Man, I knew a lot about Jesus until I, I gave my life to Christ at the age of 19. I had scripture memorized. I knew the stories. I knew all kinds of Bible stories. I knew a lot of stuff, but I didn't have a personal relationship with him through faith in what Jesus had done. I just had knowledge and I had religion. But at the age of 19, I became a follower of Christ, a, a disciple 
of Jesus. I became a, a part of the family. I became a Christian. And so your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. I love that. Keep you strong. Remember we talked about last week, we use our gifts in love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is really about using our gifts to help build up the body of Christ and doing everything that we do because of the love of God and love of people. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. So what Paul is praying is exactly what I would pray for all of us as well, is that we would understand how much God loves us. I think some of us still wrestle with the fact that He's this cosmic killjoy up there, that He doesn't really love us, He just tolerates us. But I hope that you, like Paul is saying here, that you would understand how much God loves you. Loves you. I mean, he loves you with a love that we can't even understand. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. We won't understand it this side of heaven completely. We won't understand exactly what all went on with the cross and with the power of the resurrection. We won't understand it completely until we stand before God in heaven. And then you will be made complete with all fullness of life and power that comes from where? Comes from God. So ask yourself, man, am I operating in my power, my strength, or am I operating in the power that is available to us through, through God? Now all glory to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within us, His mighty powers at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. See, God wants to do more than we can even imagine. i got a pretty good imagination, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I can imagine big things and great things. And God says, hey, listen, man, I can do more than you can ever even imagine. And there may be some of you that you're, you're sitting here thinking, you know, I wonder if God could use me. Yes. I wonder if God could use me as a missionary. Yes. I wonder if God could use me to teach His Word. Yes. I wonder if God could use me to do whatever. Yes. If we'll submit, if we'll surrender. And we'll just say, God, here I am. Use me. I promise you. He will call you. He will equip you. He will use you. As long as it's for His glory and not yours. It's not about us. It's about Him. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's not about us. It's about Him, right? It's all about Him. It's for His glory. So next steps. I didn't change these last week. I'm not changing them today. It's still the same. Most important thing you could do is to surrender your life to Christ for salvation by faith in Jesus alone. Maybe you're here and you go, you know what, Mike, I realize I'm religious, but man, I don't have a relationship. Then nail that down. That's the most important thing. You want a spiritual gift? That's how you get it. And then the second one's no different. Use my gifts in love. Use my gifts because I love God and I love people. I love the kingdom of God. I love to see souls get saved. I love to see people grow in their faith. I mean, let it be because you love. Man, you got to love people. And I, let me just say this. I think you got to love yourself. You got to love yourself enough to say, God, I give you what I got, but I'm, I'm giving it to you. And you got to love the fact that God's made you the way that He's made you. He shaped you for ministry. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. Two questions Are you religious or do you have a relationship? That's one. The second one, are you operating in your own strength or are you walking in the mighty power that is available through the Holy Spirit? 
So I believe that God wants to deal with us all in one of those two areas today. Maybe you're here, maybe you're watching online and you have never put your faith in Christ for salvation. You've never been saved. We've been praying for you. Jesus went to the cross and died for you. And he wants you to be born again. He wants you to be adopted into his family. But it's your choice. So if you're watching online, you can get down on your knees right there by your chair. You can say, Jesus, I want to ask you to come into my life. I want to ask you to forgive me of the sins I've committed. And I've committed plenty. Maybe that's you. You're here in the room. Just say, Jesus, I, I confess to you I'm a sinner. I have blown it. I have messed up. And so, Jesus, I'm coming to you right now with all the faith that I have. I want to quit living the way I've been living. And I want to turn to you. That's repentance. And so, Jesus, with all the, all the faith that I have, I am praying for you to come and live within me. I am praying for you to receive me as a, as a, as a servant, as a sacrifice. I give you my life. Jesus, I give you everything. With all the faith that I have, I trust you to save me. If that's your prayer, you just pray that prayer. You're here in the room. If, if you would, if you don't mind, just raise your hand and say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer anybody. Just raise your hand high. I see your hand right there. I see your hands right here. Amen. That's awesome. Two or three salvations right there. Anybody else? I see your hand back there. There's people all over the room. Y'all were prayed for. We prayed that you would come and hear a message of hope today and that you would trust Jesus. So your answered prayer, I hope y'all know that. All four of you that I saw. And let me just say this, if I don't see your hand, God sees your heart. God sees your heart. We want to walk with you guys. We want to put a Bible in your hand. We want to help you take those next steps. The next step would be believer's baptism. We're going to be doing that in just a couple of weeks. But you know, I believe there's other people here that are believers. They, 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 they know that they're saved. But let me ask you, what kind of manager, what kind of steward have you been? Are you using your gifts? So God may be calling you to repentance because I believe that if we know that we have a spiritual gift and we're not using it whenever God's told us to, that's sin. And so maybe he's calling you to repentance to be broken over your sin. Too often we just justify our sin. But my prayer is that God would bring us to the point of brokenness over our sin. Because when we're broken, then usually we're pliable and we're willing to do what he says to do. Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. I thank you for these salvations. I thank you for these that have put their faith in you, Jesus. Maybe you're watching online. If you did, man, let us know. We want to know. But Father, I thank you for those that are watching online as well. I want to ask everybody to stand all across the room. Our worship team is going to lead us in a song. And that is an opportunity for you to respond. Maybe it's to go to an altar. The, the prayer team will be here at the front to pray with you, to pray over you. But it may be that, you know what, you just need to go lay some things down. You need to go confess some things to God. And, and, and God may tell you to do that right where you're at, but I would, I would encourage you to get on your knees. That's what Paul said, man, I fall to my knees. You can get on your knees right there at your chair, or you can do it at your, by, your, by your couch if you're at home. But whatever God tells you to do, man, trust Him. And don't, don't let pride get in the way. You say, God, I want to come before you humbly, broken over my sin. And I want to respond the way that you say to respond. And so the, the altar's open. Prayer team will be there. You just trust God. And I'm just telling him, I trust him. 
to do what only he can do in every one of us. Father, just meet with us right now. And God, let us just respond the way that we should. In Jesus' name.